to consistently put players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. We're back in a place that we know all too well. And I'm not just talking about losing. I'm talking about losing to the Green Bay Packers. This team over the past, what is it, five years at this point, have pretty much become professionals at losing to this team and specifically coach Matt LaFleur. We got him one time in 2018. We got him there. And if that didn't happen, man, that <laughs> that losing streak we'd have would be very, very nasty right now. Reese, how are you doing this week? Yeah, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Um, <laughs> I guess to, to get into the game, though, I, I had a lot of a lot of hope heading into the game. Honestly, if we did a, a pregame, I would have predicted that we would have we would have won this game, to be honest. I just thought that had some things going in the right motion. And, you know, even if the Bears won, I still wouldn't have been like rah rah, bring Maddie Rafus, bring the gang back. Um, that wouldn't have been me because I, I think I've stayed on this podcast how I feel about Eberflus. I think even if you give him all the pieces around him, I still don't feel confident with him as a coach in a, in a playoff game or, or anything that is a similar caliber, similar importance. And um, yeah, I, I think we, you know, what us as fans saw today, we knew that this could happen. And unfortunately, man, this one hurts even almost more than getting blown out at home by him, which is a weird thing to say. Yep. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just it's just more of the same. And I, I couldn't think of a more poetic way to end this season. Um, not trying to be too negative here. We did go on a little bit of a win streak at the end there. But let's be honest, guys. I mean, the teams that we won against, with the exception of the Detroit Lions this entire year, have been very poor performing teams. I mean, we talked about it in the beginning of the season that a 10-win season this season would be more like a eight win season last year like the expectations on this season particularly with Justin Fields going into his third year with getting DJ Moore spending I'm sure hundreds of millions I don't know the exact calculation on that in the offseason just to have this this record a losing record against a, one of the worst schedules you'll ever have I mean I can't yeah. think of anything that's more on par with this coaching staff at this point. And the thing that I just kind of want to hit on and, and something that I feel like we will continue to get back to with this coaching staff in general is it's just always the same thing. It's always the same thing. Whenever we build up the momentum, it gets crushed. And, you know, I, I can't say that I'm not leaving today concerned because before the game, uh, Ryan Poles came out and voiced his support on Matt Eberflus. And, you know, I'm not going to say that's for sure that he's returning, but at least to me, it gave me the impression once again that he is likely to return. And on top of that, he also came out and said that having the first overall pick is a good way to potentially stockpile more draft picks. Now, I don't know if that's just him trying to, you know, set the stage a little bit, try to keep things low, maybe drop some trade interest in Justin Fields. I don't know. But overall, it seems like the only person that Ryan Poles has been critical of to this point and has not mentioned at all has been Luke Getze. And that's concerning to me. And I know that we have field supporters. Believe me, this game is not on fields. Okay. He, he had a pretty good game, to be honest. 
he wasn't put in a position to succeed. And to me, all I'm saying is if you're Ryan Poles and you bring back the quarterback, the coaching staff, I don't care even if you just swap out Luke Getze. If you bring back Iberflus and Justin Fields, you're losing my trust, man. I, I, I can't go along with that. Yeah, I mean, in the case of Getze, I feel like he should be gone for sure. I, I just can't really see much rationale as to why he would need to be retained. And I think for Iberflus... Man, I guess he had met because I think we had each predicted. I have to go back and listen to our like, you know, preview of the season. But I think we each or maybe one of us had them at eight and nine, had the Bears at eight and nine. One of us had them at seven and ten. But something tells me we each had them at seven and ten. So I guess he met that expectation in a way. Um, but it's still a disappointing way of, of getting there, too. And I think that this season was frustrating for Bears fans on on so many levels because there was those games that they easily slipped away the games where they had leads heading into the fourth quarter. So I really don't have much confidence in keeping Eberflus. I feel like they might keep him around because of the culture that he has built at the same time though. I could also see that being one of the reasons why they move on. You know, sometimes some organizations across a variety of sports, we have seen it even with other Chicago teams, you bring in a coach, you bring in a manager that sets, creates a culture for a team, and then you get the manager, the coach in there that's going to go ahead and finish it off and and help push the team to where you want them to be. So I, personally, you know, I don't think we're going to hear Iberflus getting fired tomorrow, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to hear Ryan Pohl's rationale, the rest of this front office's rationale for the way they go about operating for the rest of this offseason. And it's going to be an exciting offseason again where the Bears hold uh, tremendous draft capital. Um, obviously, they still have some of that salary cap room. But, man, it's just getting a little tiring of, of having to get excited about the offseasons. I'm not going to lie, Austin. Like, this is yeah. – uh, it's been enough, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think on the surface, if you – I like kind of what you said before. If you told us that the Bears improved from – three win team to a seven win team. How do you think, you know, things go, you know, I, I would say that that's kind of an expected outcome maybe, but it's just like when you put it all into context with third year quarterback bound to break out, you're, you have, you're trading and adding these crucial important pieces. I just don't see with Eberflus and fields together the clear path going forward to get to improvement to be from this point, to be completely honest. Now, maybe you bring in the stud, you know, offensive coordinator that takes fields to the next level. But again, that means you're putting your trust in, in Eberflus and Ryan Poles to continuously have to swap out offensive coordinators. Anytime there is any bit of success. You're also saying to me, if you do pass up on a quarterback that you feel good enough about Justin Fields to give him an extension. And like, let's be honest here, like I at this point, even if you believe Justin Fields is worthy of going into next year, you have to make that decision just based on the draft pick right now, if you're going to extend him or not. And to me, I don't know what that contract looks like for a player like Fields. And I, as much as I think Justin Fields has done a good job so far, I'm not going to be hypercritical of him. You know, he's done a good job really over the past four or five weeks, limiting the downside that has been shown in his game so far, which is which previously was turnovers, fumbles, things like that. But 
I don't know how I feel about this level of performance from a quarterback that I'm going to be probably in all essence at, at minimum dedicating 35 million a year to. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand that. I think that there is a route where they could work around the extension per se, obviously pick up the fifth year option and then tag, um, you know, that that's going to be up to upper management. I think that, you know, at least there's ways that you can get two more years out of them in that way by picking up the option. But that, you know, picking up the option is something that decision is going to be made uh, prior to training camp for this upcoming year if they do decide to to keep fields. And, yeah, I mean, the thing with Justin Fields, you know, since we kind of hashed out on the coaching staff, it's just been, unfortunately for him, like, honestly, I think that, Justin Fields obviously could perform better in, in better situations with with better coaches. Um, and unfortunately, he's had to deal with with Luke Getze, um, obviously, in his rookie season was was working with that Matt Nagy staff that was still around before they got fired. And I think, you know, with Getze, we've seen some of the ups and downs of Justin Fields game, maybe some things that would be covered up a little bit better by um, a different scheme in general. And I think you know, when we look at this game, bringing it back to the Packers game specifically, there's just so many different concepts that Getze had rolled out. It just made, it made me pissed off, to be frank. Like, I just, yeah, I hate the constant use of stick routes. I mean, we've been we've been through it with, um, you know, the screens on third and long before, you know, doing back to back quick pitches and, and basically putting yourself automatically in a, a you know, a passing situation on third down, obvious passing situation. And, you know, there were a couple of sacks today that Fields took where they were the opposite of what we're accustomed to the kind of sacks that Fields takes. Like they were just straight up, up the gut um, or just right off the edge and, and a free look to the quarterback. And, you know, ultimately Justin Fields didn't have nearly enough time to process. I think that's the one thing that, um, you know, if you're a, a Justin Fields critic or, or someone that did, you know, ultimately just wants to see the bears move on from him after this year. You've seen enough. I think it's just going to be that processing, even though Justin Fields is an incredibly smart player. I think that maybe at this point in his career, you'd expect the anticipation to be a little bit better. Um, But the tough part with him is just sometimes too, you know, in a game like today, sure. He could have a better anticipation. He could have better touch on that throw to commit um, where that ends up being a touchdown, but even the best quarterbacks, end up, you know, having a couple bad throws here and there. And it's not like having incredibly better anticipation was going to help him out incredibly today. It's just frustrating. I mean, this team is in a real frustrating point um, when you don't zoom out and look big picture and, and kind of breathe a sigh of relief with the, the situation this team has um, as far as the draft coming up. So, man, yeah. it's just it's such a mixed bag of emotions. And, you know, I think that Bears fans would have been honestly on cloud nine finishing the season, beating the Packers, finishing eight and nine. Um, and instead, you kind of have to end out the season on a sour note and, and kill all the positive vibes that you had uh, a couple weeks prior. And, and let, let me be clear about this. Luke Getze does pretty much nothing to help Justin Fields. Like all the very elementary aspects of an offense, not even talking about a Shanahan offense, but just any offense in general, he pretty much completely avoids. Um, it's always designed run, designed pass. He uses very little RPO, which makes zero little zero sense to me. Um, it's always a run call or a pass call. There's very few RPOs. 
whenever it's outside zone, there's very few packages built off that to catch them cheating. I mean, there were so many times in this game where linebackers were moving before the snap, expecting this outside zone, outside zone run from Khalil Herbert and Luke Getzey's how he tries to get back at that is an inside zone run. And it's like, okay, you got to pass the ball. And this is where I get, this is at the end of the day, what I feel about this. It's either Luke Getzey or Justin Fields, either Luke Getzey doesn't trust Justin Fields, but at the same time, like you would expect him to do the simple things with him. Then like, don't put the game all in his lap. If you don't trust him and don't put the game all in the running backs lap either. It's just a constant, frustrating battle where this offense is reinvented week to week. It has no identity once again, and you just always can tell what the play call is going to be. This, this game was uh, obnoxious because I mean, all game, all game long, the line, the edge rushers were cheating up on third downs, expecting just a pure pass play. And every single time, Luke Getze gifted them that. That's why we're getting so many third key third down sacks. I mean, those weren't on Justin Fields. You can say, oh, he's got to get the ball away, got to get the ball away. Whatever. I mean, if that's what you think, then, you know, let that be you. But in reality, <laughs> this is where the play caller needs yeah. to take over and be like, okay, I'm going to do something real advanced here. Real, real advanced. Boot action. It's, it's asinine watching him play call. And then the other thing is, Ryan Poles comes on, and, and this is really the first time I've been critical of Ryan Poles. That being said, I don't know what the outcome of tomorrow is going to be, so my tone might switch very quickly, but my expected outcome of tomorrow is making me critical of him. Ryan Poles comes out and talks about the first overall draft pick potentially allowing them to boast up the roster even more and, and get more draft capital from that pick again. Your offensive coordinator called zero passing plays in the third quarter of a game that he knows he could get fired from. Let's be fair here. There were some that were called. I'm not saying it's not ridiculous because there were a few number, but there are some that were dropbacks that were not passes, though. Right? Yeah. I think I'm right. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, though, regardless... And you know what? And you know what makes that even worse? That makes that even more indicting for, for Luke Getzey? The Packers were the more physical team all game long. All game long. Yeah. Like, you know, both sides of the football, but, you know, run blocking wise, you did not have it today to to go out there and, and pound the ball down uh, the Packers' throats. It wasn't working. It, it straight up wasn't working. The best runner today was Justin Fields, which is unfortunately usually the case few run calls yeah it, it most of that was just off off scrambles which you know be as it will um once again another egregious non-call on fields I'm, we're not even gonna get into that but enough is said on that you all know how bogus that is um but it's just i, I don't understand the mentality and i think it is really Luke Getze overthinks. It's what you've been saying for like a month now, Austin, maybe even a month and a half because we've been scratching our heads about this offense all season long is that he's changing too much week to week. And I think you hit the nail on the coffin where for Luke Getze, the biggest issue for him and the biggest issue for this offense is through 17 games, there is no identity of this offense. You can watch all the games we as fans we watch them in sequential order and you cannot give me 
a play, a set of plays, a scheme that really builds and focuses on building something the offense can, you know, develop plays, set up other plays off of over and over again, week in, week out. It's been a different offense. And I think for the coaching staff as a whole, when you zoom out a little bit, it's not a great sign that as soon as you face an opponent that's good again, you know, to give the Packers their flowers, congrats on them making the playoffs, that you fold and you don't win. I, I mean, we can go back through the list of quarterbacks that the Bears have beat this year, but it's not good. And the strength of schedule sucked. And I think the strength of schedule at the beginning of the year probably was was not even going deep enough into the fact that all the different backup quarterbacks the Bears were going to play. And fortunately, the Bears won some of them. So there's been some shallow victories this season that felt massive just because our expectations were were in the gutter. Um, and we were able to hype ourselves up about some some minor victories throughout the season. Um, I don't yeah. know. I don't I mean, know they, where they to beat go the Vikings. Me. They beat the Vikings without scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and the, the really the marquee game this year for Matt Eberflus was beating that Lions team. That's it. And like, that's the one. It, and that's all. That's actually, that's just the only marquee win really of his entire tenure. Maybe you can say the Patriots game too. Just because it was a right, that first year. Yeah. Yeah. But like, come on, man. And like, here's the thing I, what I find so interesting about the Bears and the Packers specifically is you have this Bears team who throughout history is getting rid of players and coaches and and front office members a year too late every single time. And like yep. we always talk about, oh, you can't let the next coach, you can't let Eberflus draft the quarterback because that's just what we've been doing. And we always have this history of the staff before drafting the quarterback that the new staff has to inherit. Listen, I get that, but a huge part of this is also just holding on to guys too late. We don't need to see a head coach drive a roster into the ground to give up on him. We have more trust in these coaching staffs than we do the players on the team. And it's like none, nothing that Eberflus has shown to me tells me that he can be a high-level coach in this league. Yeah, That's just it for me. I, I've seen it all, and I don't want this to be... I mean, I'm going to bring it back to, geez, what was it? The 2020 season, I think, where the Bears went on that run with Trubisky at the end of it. Yeah. And it, wa- it won Matt Nagy another year. And I don't want to see that again. No. No. And, and unfortunately, I th- unfortunately, I think that that's going to happen. I have a, a developing <laughs> fear that, that Fluce is going to be brought back, man. And it's just... It's ultimately what you said a year too late. And I think if they do keep fields, like unfortunately, and you know, Austin, I know the USC fan, I know Caleb Williams is your guy. I'm a fan of Caleb Williams. I think he's going to do great things in the NFL, but I can't have this coaching staff. Like I can't have another rookie quarterback with a lame duck head coach. I can't. Yeah. I just can't do that. And it's the golden rule that the bears have been breaking over and over, unfortunately, in, in you know, recent history. It, it's just so funny how we keep backing ourselves into these corners. And ultimately, that's why we're here is because we've been doing this process. I shouldn't say we. The Chicago Bears have been doing the process backwards. And they even did this last process 
backwards as well. I mean, they hired the president last, which I know <laughs> Kevin Warren isn't supposed to be technically the, the football guy. He's more so the stadium guy. But still, I mean, it was just brought in in weird order. It kind of has trickled out in recent weeks that Eberflus was more of a Ted Phillips and McCaskey decision than it was Ryan Poles. And we stuck a bunch of first year got a bunch of first year coaches ultimately on a staff, you know, first year play caller, first time head coach. You know, <laughs> if it goes right, it I, goes right, but you're not it's not a high probability in that case. Here's here's the other thing is like you just gotta look around the NFL, man. I mean, to really evaluate Eberflus, we shouldn't be evaluating Eberflus against himself this year in the beginning of the season and last year. Look at what D'Amico Ryans has done with this Texan team. Yeah. Look at what Jonathan Gannon has been doing. Look at what Sean Steichen has been doing or Shane Steichen, right? Yeah. Shane? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, these Shane guys, Steichen. Shane Steichen's been killing it with Baker Mayfield. Right. And, and this Texans team was viewed as one of the worst. Sorry, not Baker Mayfield, Mayfield, excuse me, Gardner, Gardner Minshew, Minshew yeah. two quarterbacks that remind me a lot of each other. That's why I confused their name. <laughs> I mean, Jonathan okay. Gannon has done a pretty damn good job with a very limited roster, gave the Bears a run for their money towards the end of the year, and they haven't even went through a rebuild that they need to go through. I mean, there's just countless just displays of this coaching staff not being good enough. I don't care, Ryan Poles, if Matt Eberflus is steady. He's just steady. Every, every single day, he's just steady. Yeah, and exactly. The results have been steady too and steadily not good enough. And I just want the Bears to look at the Packers for a minute. This Packers organization, for as much you know as we hate them, they have sustained success. What Ryan Poles has been looking for this entire time and one of the key principles that they follow, it doesn't work every single time, but it tends to work most of the time, is that, hey, we're not going to get rid of a guy a year too late. We're going to get rid of him a year too early and deal with it, right? They did that with yeah. Aaron Rodgers. They did that with Brett Favre. They did that with uh, Mike McCarthy when he ended up taking the Dallas job. And he's done a good job, sure, but there's no doubt that they upgraded with Matt LaFleur. I mean, it's just... Stop settling for mediocrity. And what's so frustrating is so much of the fan base is okay with it. I watched a few. <laughs> I hate to admit that I go on Bears Twitter and Bears YouTube anymore, but I watched a few people do their little mock off seasons or, or mock whatever. And almost universally, Bears fans were keeping both Eberflus and Justin Fields. And I'm just like, dude. This is the same thinking that's led this down the road. The Bears right now are at an apex point, a, a, a very clear apex point that will this year will define the Bears for the next 10 years. So the last offseason, by the way. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this time for real, like it keeps getting more and more, right? Yeah. And well, yeah, yeah. You have the first overall pick with a player, with a quarterback that is looked very well upon by a lot of NFL executives. Okay. Whether, whatever you think, I, I don't care, but amongst the league, this guy is viewed to be a generational talent. I won't even say prospect. Cause I know that gets people upset, a generational talent at the position. You can fire your coach. You can do, you have all the options available to you. You have a lot of draft capital. You have a, you have a lot of picks you have a lot of cap space. You have everything right at your disposal. If you return Matt Eberflus 
and Justin Fields and and Luke Getze too. <laughs> I, I make a point enough about the first two, but and Luke Getze, it's a losing proposition. I mean, you are really setting this team up for another three to four years of trying to pick their shit up because they couldn't pick it up in previous years. Yeah. No, I mean, I, if this if this staff is bold enough or if this front office is bold enough, well, ultimately it's Eberflus's decision, but I would hope that Ryan Pulse would be like, if we're keeping Flus, like, yo, you got to you gotta make a change at OC. If they bring back Getsy, don't buy tickets, guys. <laughs> like, please don't buy tickets. Like, you know, it this organization is definitely not heading in the right way. Like that is the most minimal of changes. That is the, I think the bare minimum of changes that need to happen going into next year. And it's not asking a lot. And ultimately they should do more. But if Luke gets is brought back, it should really raise some eyebrows. And then I will, I will put in my prediction that it is a clean house by um, probably all the way up to Ryan polls by the end of next year. If they yeah. pretty much return things as is. Um, oh, because- I mean, you have to. You you you'd have to. I yeah. mean, you can. If Ryan pulls pisses away this first overall pick, especially if Caleb Williams is good, that's, that's an it. issue, man. That's a big issue. Well, you can't. And really, I think this is why you know pulls in a little bit of a pickle. And you know, I'm look. I'm not pinning any of the Bears' failures directly on Justin Fields. And you have to worry about yourselves and, and and not what other teams are doing, but the optically, you know, looking from the outside in, if you're a GM that passed up, you know, with a trajectory that CJ Stroud is taking, and then let's say, you know, Caleb Williams is kind of starts or, you know, has a rookie season that, you know, takes off similar to what CJ Stroud is doing. You know, how can you be that guy that passed up on, on, in back-to-back drafts where you had the chance to go ahead and take those players. Um, it's, it's, one one it's other thing argument. I, I kind of want to mention that I've been diving, this theory that I've been diving into a little bit more that I kind of wonder if I agree with. Um, I think there could be truth to polls being tied to Eberflus. Because I, I just, I feel like polls is smart enough. He's, he's like, young enough okay. and he's bright enough to see like knowingly that knowingly ties is not Eber- the guy. Yeah. Like he knows that he's tied to Eberflus it is my, it's my theory because the, what also kind of conflicted me a lot and made me think about this is the multiple times polls has st- stood out and, and kind of died on Eberflus hill so far. Now that could just be GM talk. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I think it's just GM talk, but I don't know. But the other thing that kind of conflicts with this is uh, Kevin Warren did some sort of press conference or speaking recently, and he was much less uh, committal to Eberflus, which was confusing to me. You would think that the same message would be trickled down from both facets of the organization. I kind of, I'm kind of thinking, hey, maybe Kevin Warren does want to bring his guys in. Maybe, I mean. Maybe that's his his thought. That's his game plan of, hey, I'm not going to, you know, so far through Ryan Pohl's tenure, he has a strict losing record. I'm Believe me, I'm on the side of keeping Ryan Pohl's. I think he's a good GM. So far, uh, up until tomorrow, my opinion might change. <laughs> but I do wonder if Kevin Warren's a little bit like, hey, 
I, I'm top dog now. I can I can bring in whoever I want, and I don't think I'd be questioned too hard. You know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Rick Spielman, he, who we used to work with with the Vikings, is out on the street. I, I wonder if Warren ha- has a thought of, hey, maybe I go get my guy. I, there's a chance of that. I mean, I don't think we can really necessarily deny anything at this point but i would just find you know as far as the activity going out making that deadline trade for montez sweat you know unless that's something yeah. and that'd be like uncharacteristic i feel like for kevin warren to really have a hand in that so i feel like his activity at some crucial points making some some crucial decisions such as that makes me think that you know polls is ultimately safe in his role for the time being but yeah, I mean, exactly. And because of how backwards you did this whole process, Ryan Poles isn't Kevin Warren's guy. None of these guys are Kevin Warren's guy, <laughs> you know, and and that's as backwards as you can do it. And unfortunately, you know, this is the team that we're fans of. And, you know, we just kind of got to roll with the punches and hope that one day uh, they, they figure it out for themselves. And, you know, ultimately, this is where this is what, you know, non-fulfilling seasons, especially ones where. You know, at least for the fans, you know, I, I can't necessarily speak to the players. I think, you know, mainly rivalries are maybe probably felt the most by the fans. I mean, there's definitely some players that, that take it to that next level. Uh, but I think in the NFL, too, it's really just kind of like, you know, not just another game. There might be some more spice to it, but not not as crazy big as we build it up to. But we know that the organization takes the Packers rivalry seriously. And, you know, certainly as fans. But when you consistently deliver these kinds of performances against the Packers, and especially in a game too, where it obviously meant more to the Packers and their ability to to get into the playoffs, but it also just seemed today too that you know when a lot of players had a chance to go out there and make a statement, when the coaching staff had a chance to go out there and make a statement today, a lot of it seemed so flat, and it was an opportunity to make a statement. I mean, ultimately, I think that the biggest saving grace for Eberflus would be I just, I'm like Dan Campbell. Let's just watch this progress. You know, we're slowly working our way up. We're going to take down the Packers and keep them out of the playoffs. And, and you know, next year we'll be where in the lion's shoes. And I, I think that the biggest drawback for, for Eberflus is that ultimately maybe he can build a culture like Dan Campbell is able to, but he cannot coach winning football. Uh, and there's been a, a litany of of coaching decisions, games where the team just came out flat. I mean, you look back to the the week one game, you look back to you know this week eighteen, the, the the season ender with the Packers. I don't know if I've seen two games where the Bears seemed more flat. I mean, there's been some some yep. some games in there for sure that were definitely disappointing, but it was a punch to the gut week one. And I think that this week was, was seriously a letdown. It's not like players weren't trying, but there just wasn't that energy, you know, it could be the end of the season catching up to everybody. Um, obviously there's injuries that play a part in that, but my goodness, it is just so disappointing. And it's the reason why you get in this headspace of, you know, like go ahead, just blow it all up. I don't care. You, you would just like to see, at this apex point in the bears uh, near future for them to, to take all the steps that align them to what some of the leagues best are doing. You know, you, you'd like to see that alignment 
finally take place. Like if there is a year to do it, it's this year. And I just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's going to be painful watching this team go through this off season. If they return this coaching staff, you know, I, you could convince me of maintaining Justin Fields. If you bring in a new coaching staff and that's their decision. Yeah, exactly. But man, I, I like that you almost force your hand if you're keeping Eberflus to go get a new quarterback because you can't go into next season being like the foundation is strong on this team because it just clearly isn't. Yeah, at least coaching wise. I mean, I think that player wise, the roster has certainly been elevated. I mean, it's a far different roster from for sure um, what they had in the in the three and 14 season. You know, I think that you could really argue, though, and especially we saw, you know, some wins left out there on the field as well. I think you could argue that, you know, this roster is far from perfect. Definitely not like a, you know, a strong playoff team type roster, but, you know, shouldn't have been it shouldn't have been maybe just like, oh, they might just barely squeak in there. Like they should have been more in the playoff mix than they even were. And this was a year where it was very wide open. I mean, like we're talking about eight, yeah. nine teams thought that they might've had a shot. <laughs> so the Packers made it Two NFC North teams made it. Yeah. And a year where the NFC North was lines, certainly, you know, they ended up getting 12 wins. So that's a super strong season, but a nine and eight team, like, okay, you know, Packers were good. I'm going to give them their flowers. Like, you know, and they're starting to get hot at the right time. I don't think that they'll seriously make a real push, but maybe they go out there and upset Dallas. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But still, I mean, they should have been. There's more talent on this team than it really ultimately looked like at a lot of times during the season. And I think that's as, as much a reflection on the coaching staff as any. And I think that it gives Ryan Poles, you know, some good graces with the organization. Um, but this, you know, hopefully this next coaching decision um, needs to be made correctly. But I don't know if we'll get there. I, I I don't know, Austin. It's just like I, you know, we've been Bears fans for long enough now. I just, you, you get a sense for what the Bears are going to do. And, you know, I'm, ex- I'm going to be refreshing my Twitter tomorrow. And I know I'm going to see a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> it's just news for other teams. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And I'm just looking as we're recording this, I'm just looking at some of the things coming out from um, the press conferences. Eberflus saying that he's set to have player meetings with the players tomorrow, and he's supposed to meet with ownership later in the week, but that's not been scheduled yet. I mean, this just sounds like a team that's returning their head coach. And like, I, I don't know what to say, man. I, I, I've seen the Bears do this so many times, so many times. And I just, I, I, I don't know what to say at this point. It's hard to really try to validate this move because it doesn't make sense. And I, I'm just afraid of what's going to go on moving forward with keeping this coaching staff. Um, I'm afraid for, you know, if we don't draft Caleb Williams, I'm going to be pissed because then we just passed up on Caleb Williams. And if we do draft him, I'm going to be afraid that he's going to be suckered into a similar situation that Justin Fields was in and, and re- rinse and repeat once again. 
Yeah. No, it's weird that you feel like the Bears are in ultimately, a, you know, such a great, you know, you'd even say maybe golden situation with the way they've locked in on the back-to-back number one picks and, you know, good work by Ryan Poles and be able to make that happen where this was even a possibility. But, man, you can still see, you know, kind of the way that can turn out negatively around the corner, and, and there's still some other decisions that need to be made correctly in order for this really all to go as well as possible because the sky is the limit. I mean, the sky is the limit with what you can do. You know, if you end up keeping Justin Fields, if you trade down, you can still get a lot of good capital, you know, future draft capital and also some talented players in the draft. If you keep the the number one pick, you could take Caleb Williams. Um, You know, there's a lot of great options out there. There's a lot of ways that you could put this team and prime them in a position, not only to just, you know, consistently make playoff runs but hopefully make deep playoff runs you know reach the super bowl there's an opportunity for this situation to certainly turn into that especially with what's already been built on this team and with some very promising young players on on both sides of the football really mostly excuse me on the defense but you know there's enough there to really spark a turnaround but there's also just the ways that you can can fail to capitalize on that um, and really, that's this is not a situation where they can afford afford to mess it up. So these upcoming decisions, um, you know, if there are any talks that are being being had right now, um, you know, unfortunately, it seems very cliche to say, but they need to make the right ones. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and I will say that tomorrow around probably 11 a.m., I will likely officially be out on Ryan Poles as GM for those franchise. And uh, yeah, just got to wait till it happens. Wait till the announcement officially does not occur. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not too. If Eberflus is getting fired, it usually doesn't happen in the afternoon. You can usually count on it happening in the morning. Um, right when you wake up. Yeah, I mean, usually they get it done as early as possible. Sometimes some teams draw it out. Um, You know, maybe some teams make some decisions a little bit later based on a coaching candidate that they do see become available, and maybe that's something that could happen with the Bears here too. Um, But there's a lot to be figured out, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, hey, we know we're not going anywhere. We're still going to definitely cover this team. Um, but we're definitely as uh, as beat up as some of all the other fans are. Just kind of about a another disappointing season. We need to we need to you know start some off seasons a little later uh, coming up soon here. You know some some meaningful games in January and and hopefully uh, hopefully one in February too <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Well, as always, man. We will continue to be here uh, throughout all the pain. It'll be interesting if, you know, hopefully we can come on tomorrow, have a little reaction pod over some some good news, but it's possible. It's possible. We'll see. I doubt it'll happen. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, another season in the books, Bears fans. More missed expectations. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or you could say, Matt, you know, are, are we moving the goalpost, Austin? I don't know. I think we're being pretty, pretty fair. But that's just me. Yeah. Pretty fair. Well, All right, guys. But thank you so much again. Enjoy watching the playoffs from the couch. Not that any of our fans are suiting up anyways. But you never know. We're big to any Bears players. players. Enjoy watching the playoffs and not, not being in it. Uh, bear down, everyone. Bear down. Hey. Hold on one second. <laughs>